I thank you, brother, for your service. I really, really do. You know, this morning uh, I got to be part of the men's breakfast, and I thought, man, I, I want to eat. And, and I saw your pastor over there stirring up them grits, and I was like, man, I can't wait to have me some grits. But I got to thinking, I'm preaching this morning. I can't eat. That's just something about preachers. I'm just going to tell you, they just, you're not, it's not really good to eat before you preach. I'm just going to tell you that. But I wanted to eat me some eggs, too, because my wife would tell you I can eat eggs. I wanted at least a half a dozen of those eggs. I'm telling you. But it was all good. We had a wonderful message. Brother Brad brought us a wonderful message. If you wasn't there, guys, you missed it. It was awesome. But I'm going to tell you, you know, when your pastor asked me if I would come and be a guest speaker here, I was excited. And I just want to share with you how the Lord laid something on my heart because I, I don't know. I had a pastor friend of mine that's told me just be sensitive to God's word when he speaks to you. And, and I was driving home about deer hunting. I'm going to talk to you about deer hunting. I was coming home from deer hunting, and a lot of times I share this with, with other people about how God lays a message on my heart. And I was driving home, and I was listening to my music and, and just thinking about God and what a wonderful day that I had. And all of a sudden he said, who's your hero? And I was like, who's my hero? Now, he didn't audibly say that, but I'm just saying that was a thought that came to my head. And I was like, Lord, what are you telling me? And I got to thinking about all the Old Testament saints, all the heroes of the faith. You know, we, we have heard sermons about the heroes of the faith, all these Old Testaments that were very faithful. You know, and I thought, Lord, I want to bring something to this church, to this body of men that they could take home with them after today. And I was just wondering, you know, what could I bring? And he laid it out for me. We're going to see three men of the faith, Old Testament saints, and each one of these men have something to give to us today. I'm just going to tell you, I'm speaking, ladies, to the men this morning. But this is also a message to you. But mainly it's for the men because God has put us in a role to be godly men and our and spiritual leaders of our family. Now, just a little bit about myself. I just want to let you know, like your pastor just said, I'm with Florence Police Department. I'm assigned to their uh, Criminal Investigation Division. But I've got the honor to be able to be loaned out from my department. And I currently serve with the United States Marshal Service uh, Fugitive Task Force out of Huntsville. And that is my job currently right now. And so what I do is I serve with my partner from Lauderdale County and the other men across the Northern District of Alabama, I serve high-risk warrants. And that's all we do is go after the, the criminals that are, have really violent crimes. Well, do we go into Tennessee and Mississippi? Yes, we do. Our region covers not only Alabama, but Mississippi and Louisiana. We lost one of our members last year in a raid down in Louisiana. His name was Jesse James. Literally, his name was. He was shot in the line of duty with my boss behind him, and he had to pull him out. See, we serve these high-risk warrants, but we not only serve them here in Lauderdale County, we serve them everywhere. We go all over the state when we're called. But our main area is here in Lauderdale, Franklin, and Colbert County, but that's where I serve. And I'm very honored that my department has allowed me to work for them, but it, that's what I do. So that's just a little bit about me, and also, in 2010, 
my uh, <clears throat> wife and I, I told her, I said, you know, I think God has called me into the ministry. In 2010, God called me into the ministry, and I really feel, it, feel that because we got to go on a mission trip to Honduras, and that's when he spoke. I'm telling you, he spoke to my heart. We love mission work. We want to be out in that field, but I'm going to leave it up to God where God opens that door. I'm currently in seminary. I've hopefully, if the Lord's will and the work goes just right, I'm going to graduate this December with my Master's of Divinity. And when God opens that door, my wife and I will be prepared to go wherever he calls. Yes, I'm a police officer. And a lot of people look at me like, <clears throat> you take people to jail. Why are you so nice to them? Well, look, I do arrest people. We all do. All the law enforcement do. And I'm appreciative of what Brother Bill brings to us. He speaks to all of us. We need that. We're not supermen. We need Jesus in our lives every day. When we wake up in the mornings, we don't know if we're coming home. We've got to have faith in our lives to know that we're going to be protected. We have to be saved. If we die, if we don't have Jesus in our hearts, we will never make it to heaven. Never. You see, people look at me like, why do you want to share Jesus to that guy in the backseat of your car? Because I was once like them. Yeah. I might not have committed a crime, but I was a sinner. Man, listen to this. We're not perfect, but God has called us to be leaders of our homes. He's called us to be leaders in our jobs. I'm talking about spiritual leadership. He wants us to live before our families as godly men. And as God laid this message on my heart this morning, I mean, uh, this past week, I was thinking, how can I deliver this, Lord? Speak through me. Because each one of these men that we're going to see here this morning, we're going to see something out of each one of these men that will guide us and help us take that step towards being a godly man. You see, we got to have faith in our lives without it we cannot please him if you got God's holy words with you will you open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and we're going to be reading through verses 1 through 7 Hebrews chapter 11 starting in verse 1 now as you're turning there we're like I said we're going to see three important things this morning and guys, I want you to listen good because this is about us. Because I'm going to share something with you in a little while. What God has done to me. Okay? And it's okay to cry, man. I'm just going to tell you. It's okay to cry. These are tears of joy. I used to cry for, for just out of sadness. But this is tears of joy. All right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 7. This is what it says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are, uh, are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he, being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away 
so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Now this morning, we just read about three men. It's all about faith. They had everything in common here, and it's faith. What is faith? Do you know you are exercising faith right now? Every one of you is sitting in a pew and you believe it's going to hold your weight. That's faith. That is something that you can see that's been tested before and you know that it's going to work. It's there. You've tested it. That's faith. We actually, uh, without even thinking about it, we exercise faith every day. In our line of duty, we have equipment that we use, that we train with, that we practice with, that we have to have faith in, not only to save our lives, but to save other lives. We have to believe this. So that is faith. Now, the Webster Dictionary tells us what faith is. It says this, a strong belief or trust in someone or something. We do that every day. But see, that's a definition. Now, in verse 1, the Bible tells us a description of faith. It says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, that's faith. Things that we can't see. You see, we just read about three men. They did not have this book. They had faith in the one above, and it was God. They exercised that faith in something that they could not see, but yet they believed. You see, man, we cannot live without faith at all. We can't. Without faith, we're not pleasing to him. Verse 6 just told us that. And we can't live in the flesh either because that's displeasing. You see, I'm going to share with you three things this morning. And the first thing I want to share with you is the way of faith. And we see this through Abel and what he did. Look with me back in verse 4 of Hebrews 11. It says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testified of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. You see, Abel had this faith. You've got to understand and go back to the Old Testament in Genesis You've got to look at the day when Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden. You've got to see when the man, uh, when man fell, when they ate from the tree of knowledge. They were kicked out. But see, they were in fellowship with God before all that took place, Adam and Eve was. They understood the, the way of worship. They understood that they could put their faith in him and believe that he's going to take care of them until they became disobedient. And from that point on, you see, the ground was cursed. You, you see that, that they had to work the land. They, had to, they just totally had to do everything themselves without God. 
but they were these boys, Cain and Abel, were taught by their parents about how to worship. And you see, they knew to worship because they brought their offering to the altar. That was faith. But you see, these two boys, I'm not going to get into the story of Cain and Abel. We know that Cain murdered his brother. But you've got to understand, Cain did not have faith. He did not demonstrate faith. Cain was that type of person who wanted to do what he wanted to do. Because if he would have obeyed like he should have and knew the way of worship, he would have been like his brother, Abel, who brought an acceptable offering. You see, Cain, man, was religious. He played the role of the religious man who had never given his heart truly to Christ, but came to church every day. I'm just giving this as an example. They come to church every day. They hear the scripture every day. They know that there is a God. But yet, they don't obey. They're not being obedient because that faith is not here. They don't believe. Yes, just like I was raised, I, I, Brother Brad mentioned about how he was raised. I was raised a Catholic myself. Nothing against the Catholic faith or my, uh, faith or my parents or whatever, but I went to church every day. Well, not every day, but every Saturday or every Sunday, whichever time Mass was. You see, I knew who God the Father was. I went through their uh, catechism. I knew who Jesus was. I knew that I could pray and ask God to help me and whatever. But I made deals with God. God, I'm sorry for what I did. Help me with this. I promise I won't do it again. You see, Cain was like that. Cain was like that religious man who did not have faith. I can say I have faith, but if it's here and not here, it doesn't mean nothing if it's up here. It has to be here. You see, Abel did the right thing. He shows us this, the way to salvation. You see what he did? He brought a lamb. He brought the lamb to the altar that represents the blood of Christ or the Redeemer that's coming. That lamb was to have his blood shed. But you see, what's so neat about how the blood of, I mean, how the lamb was brought to the Jewish people, to the altar to actually be sacrificed, what that meant to, to, to them, that they were believing, they were having faith right here, that they could be saved by faith. You see, that blood of the lamb that was shed on that altar is representing the coming day of Jesus Christ. They didn't know that that was going to be Jesus. But it does say over in, in, in Genesis chapter 3 when God was talking to Eve about Jesus would put his, head, uh, his he, uh, foot on top of the head of Satan and bruise his head while his heel would be bruised on him. That was the coming of Jesus. They didn't know that at the time, but they knew there was a someone coming one day that would deliver them. But it was going to be later. But you see, faith is what we need. Faith leads us to salvation. And the very first step, I'm telling you, man, before we can be a godly man at all, we must be saved. That's the ticket. Because if we don't get saved, and give our hearts to Jesus and live for Him, 
we cannot walk that walk with God. We cannot have that fellowship with him. There's no way. You see, Cain shows us that he was going to die in his sin. Abel is showing us that he's going to be saved. Which one is it? For us to be a godly man, we must have this faith that saves us. You know, one of my favorite verses that, that I really love to, to share with people is Romans ten seventeen. For by faith, uh, it says, then by faith, come, I see, I'm sorry, then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's true. And I want to share with you something right now about a, a mission trip that I went on that I really believe God put me in a place and time for this one man. I got the, the privilege to go to South Africa with Brother Larry Wright, retired pastor over at First Baptist, uh, First Baptist Florence. And we were at an AIDS hospital, one of our last stops. And what we did there was we did what we call dramas and, and puppets. And the dramas, if you've ever seen this before, of what he, what he does, is that we kind of, it's like miming. We don't really say anything, but we go through the motions about salvation. And he narrates it with an interpreter, and it actually speaks to people that actually see it. But I remember in that, that time at that AIDS hospital, and I was looking at the very back, and I could see an elderly man sitting in a wheelchair. And I'm not being racist, but he was the only white man there. This man didn't have AIDS, but he was there because he needed care. But he sat in the very back, sad, broken, his head down, never looked our way at one time at all. And I remember right after the, uh, the program was over, the director, she came up to us and she said, with one of you talking to me and this friend of mine, uh, Jerry Duke, he said, uh, she, she said, will you go witness to this man? And I said, I would love to. We've been trying for several weeks, and he's totally refusing to give his heart to Jesus. I started praying. The Holy Spirit took off. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. He did. The Holy Spirit just indwelled in me. I started praying quietly. Me and Jerry go back there, and we started talking to him. And it's just like the Holy Spirit just came over me and just started speaking through me, and I give him the glory. Because I started sharing Jesus to him. I said, Lindsay, his name was Lindsay Pearson, the 84-year-old man. I said, Jesus, I mean, I said, Lindsay, I said, do you want to accept Jesus? I had already shared with him. And he looked up at me with them sad eyes, and he patted me on the, on the knee, and he said, Chris, I'm the kind of guy that has to see things, have to believe in things that actually work before I can have trust and faith in it. And 1017 automatically came out and I shared my testimony with him his nurse came in she started praying just sitting there and I shared with him we were both crying I asked Lindsay one day I'm going to be in heaven I said Lindsay won't you be with me one day I want you there with me where you can stand and be with me I can hug you I said do you want to send Jesus today he said Tears falling down his eyes. Pray that prayer of salvation. Ask Jesus to come in his heart. Faith brought a man from Alabama all the way over to uh, South Africa. And this man was saved. Might have been his last opportunity. 
I don't know. You see, it's faith is what saves us. And without faith, we can't be saved. Look at <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. I love this verse. For by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works. At least anyone should boast. It's faith. So man, this morning, I want to encourage you. If you've never given your heart to Jesus this morning, when the time of invitation comes, I pray that you will accept him. Because see, faith, without it, we can't be saved. So that's what we see in, out of Abel. We see what Abel brings to the table. He shows us the way of salvation. But now let's look in the second point, which is the walk of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 and 5, we're going to see Enoch. And it says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. How did Enoch please God? You know, you've got to go back over to the Old Testament part and actually look in Genesis chapter 5 to where you can see how he pleased God. Look with me in Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 through uh, 24. And this is how he pleased God. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. And so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not. For God took him. You see, right there in verse 22 and 24, God, uh, Enoch walked with God. You see that word with? You know what that means? Fellowship. If we are saved, that very next step for us men is to have that fellowship. That fellowship with God the Father. Think about this, man. Father, think about this. You want that fellowship with your son, your daughter. You want them to love you and talk to you and just, you know, just have that conversation with you, just respect you and just, you want that, don't you? That's what God wants. He wants us, man, because we are the spiritual leaders of our family to walk with him. How do we walk with him? How do we please God in this way of fellowship? We have that quiet time. That's a start. I don't know if you do have a quiet time. I like mine in the morning. It's quiet. It's peaceful. No hustle and bustle of the day. I love it. Prayer. Pray all the time. Talk to Him every day. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Thank Him for what He's done. Thank Him and praise Him for blessing you and your family. Sure, the road is not going to be easy for us as Christians. He didn't say it was. But he can help us endure it and get through it. But we have to have that loving relationship with him, that fellowship that will drive us, just like it did Enoch. What does it take for a man to be saved? It says here Enoch was 65 years old before he started walking with God. Is it a joy in his life, maybe his son being born, that made him come to know the Lord. You see, in my line of work, as, 
as you know, in law enforcement, we see the good side, but we mostly see the bad side of things. We're lied to every day. We see the abuse in the families. We see the, all the pain and suffering. We see death. But you see, Enoch is showing us, guys, I'm encouraging you to have that fellowship with him. Because without that, we can't be pleasing to him. We don't need to be in the flesh. Is there something this morning that might be keeping you from having that true fellowship with God? God wants us to talk to him and be with him. You see in Romans chapter 8 verse 8 says this. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Think about that. You see, Brother Brad Holmes really brought a good point, and I just want to share with you because I'm going to cry about this. I know I was saved at Central Heights Baptist Church. This is just a quick testimony. In 1983, or let me back up before I got married to my beautiful bride over here. 1982, right before our wedding, Brother Bill Poe at Central Heights Baptist Church, he's gone to be with the Lord now. I'm, I'm still a Catholic. He called me to his office, and he wanted to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with me. I went, and do you know that was the very first time I understood the gospel of Jesus Christ right then. Never heard it presented that way. I knew there was a God, Jesus. I knew you could pray. Never, never knew it. I'm going to tell you. He asked me, do you want to accept Jesus right now? You know what my answer was? No. How sad was that? If I would have died before I married my wife, I would have been in hell. You see, I started going to church with her. We went there on Sunday nights. I mean, I did for sure because I worked on Sunday mornings. Not yet a police officer. And I just remember the Holy Spirit, that seed was planted. And the Holy Spirit, every time that invitation was called, it was just eating inside. He said, come to me. I mean, seriously, my heart would be racing. I knew I had to go up and give my heart to him. But I had a voice on one side of my shoulder saying, no, wait till next week. Continue to do what you're doing. But finally, March 13th of 1983, I said, enough came down and gave my heart to Christ. I was saved. But you see, I tried to live that life in him. But Brother Brad pointed out something that it, I did the same thing. You see, I was accepted. I knew I was a child of God. I believed I was saved. And I still do to this day. But I did not surrender fully to him. I did not have that fellowship that I should have. Men, let me ask you this. Have you ever just completely died to self? Ask God to help you die to self? To totally empty you from your selfishness and your pride? Anything that will might interfere with you with that relationship with Him? And ask Him to fill you with His Spirit? Help you to walk with Him every day? I finally did that. August 19th, 2008. I surrendered to him fully. And now I'm called into the ministry. I want to tell people about Jesus. That's what I want to do. Man, I want to encourage you to have this relationship with him. 
got to have it. You can't live without it. And you definitely cannot be saved without faith. So we see right here that we must have uh, salvation first. That's the first step. The second step, we must have that wonderful fellowship with him. But we also see the greatest commandment that Jesus ever said to us. What is that, guys? Do y'all know that? Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says this. Jesus said to him, You shall love your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and with all of your mind. And it applies to everybody, but guys, you're the leader of your house. Your children are watching you. Grandfathers, your grandchildren are watching you. Are you living before them the way you should? Are you that role model to them? Do they see Jesus in you? Or do they just see Grandpa or Dad? What are you teaching your children this morning? You know, I wish I could go back and do things a little different. I can't. My children are grown. But I'm about to have a grandbaby. And I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to love him and just share Jesus to him as much as I can. I've got a second chance. Man, don't have a second chance. Don't. Do it right the first time. It's not too late. It's not too late. So now I want you to see the third thing in closing. We want to see the work of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 says this, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he commended, condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. What is Noah telling us here, man? Think about it. We see the work of faith here going on. Can you imagine when God said, hey Noah, it's going to be a flood. I need you to build an ark for you and your family. I need you to go out and tell the people there too who are very wicked about this flood coming. Can you imagine the thought process? The thought process of Noah thinking, what? There's never been any rain, Lord. What's a flood? There's never been a cloud in the sky. I've never heard thunder before. You know, I've never uh, seen lightning. What is a flood? But you see the faithfulness of Noah who has not seen any of this, only knows God, has faith in God, believed. He believed. And what did he do? He obeyed. He was obedient. He actually started building that ark. But what else did he do? For 120 years, he witnessed to those wicked people there, telling them of the coming flood. They mocked him, laughed at him, didn't believe him. Nobody was saved in those people but his family. Men, you are the spiritual leader of your family. It is your job to live before your children, your grandchildren, to be those godly men that God wants us to be. You're supposed to share Jesus to them by the way you live. I want to tell you a sweet story and then I'll be done. 
One of our deacons over at our church, at Underwood Baptist Church, where I attend church, I'm a deacon there. His last child, little girl, him and his daughter went to Walmart during the holidays. And the mother was like, where are they? I just sent them for some like cookies. Just right down the road, shouldn't take them 15 minutes. You know what happened? What took them so long? She asked her daddy about Jesus. She got saved. All three of his children are saved because he lives before them as a godly man. And he lives it every day. You can see that outward action. You know he's a Christian. Man, where do you stand this morning? Does Jesus live in your heart? Are you having that loving uh, fellowship with him? Have you ever been saved? I don't know your hearts. This morning might be the day. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. And Brother Bill's going to be standing here. And we're going to have this invitation. And I want you to think about it, man, when I speak to you. And it could be you too, ladies. But think about this. Where are you right now in relation to the Lord? Where's your fellowship? Are you living before him like you should? If you've never been saved and you want to be that godly man, young man, middle age, older guys, today's your day of salvation. Don't wait. You are not promised tomorrow. I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes, please.